Bug Jargal by Victor Hugo, Chapter 15 My uncle was furiously enraged at the escape of the slave. He ordered a diligent search to be made for him, and wrote to the governor, placing Piero entirely at his disposal should he be retaken. The 22nd of August arrived. My union with Marie was celebrated with pomp at the parish of church in Acule. How happily did that day commence from which all our misfortunes were to date. I was intoxicated with the joy that one does not understand who has not experienced it. I had entirely forgotten Piero and his sinister warning. The evening, impatiently waited for, came at last. My young wife had retired to her apartments, where I could not follow her as quickly as I should have wished. A fastidious duty, but indispensable, claimed me first. My position as a captain of militia required me that evening to make the round of the guards posted about Acule. This precaution was absolutely necessary, owing to the troubles in the colony, by occasional outbreaks amongst the Negroes, which, being promptly repressed, had taken place in the month preceding June and July, as well as the 1st of August, in the plantations of Thibault and Lagosquet, and especially by the bad dispositions of the free mulattoes, whom the recent execution of the rebel Ogo had exasperated. My uncle was the first to recall me to the recollection of my duty. I had no option but to yield, and putting on my uniform, I went out. I visited the first few guards without discovering any cause of alarm, but when, towards midnight, as half-buried in my own thoughts, I was patrolling the shores of the bay, I perceived upon the horizon a ruddy light rising, extending in the direction of Limonade and Saint-Louis-de-Morin. At first, the soldiers and I attributed it to some accidental conflagration. But after a moment, the flames became so vivid, the smoke rising before the wind grew so thick, that I ordered an immediate return to the fort to give the alarm, and to request that help be sent. In passing through the quarters of the Negroes who belonged to our estate, I was surprised at the extreme disorder that reigned there. The majority of the slaves were afoot, and were talking together with great earnestness. One strange name, Bugjargal, pronounced with respect, occurred continually in the almost unintelligible jargon. From a word or two which I gathered here and there, I learned that the Negroes of the northern districts were in open revolt, and had set fire to the dwelling houses and the plantations on the other side of Cap. Passing through a marshy spot, I discovered a quantity of hatchets and pickaxes hidden in the twigs. Justly suspicious, I immediately put the whole of the Acule militia under arms, and I ordered the inspection of the slaves. All obeyed calmly. However, the ravages seemed to grow at every moment and to approach Lambay. It seemed as though one could distinguish the noise of the artillery and fusillade. Towards two o'clock in the morning, my uncle, whom I had awakened, could not remain quiet, and ordered me to leave in Acule a part of the militia under the command of a lieutenant. And whilst my poor Marie was sleeping or waiting for me, obeying my uncle, who was, as I have mentioned, a member of the provincial assembly, I took the road to Cap with the rest of the soldiers." I shall never forget the appearance of the town as I approached. The flames which devoured the plantation about it 
threw a lurid light upon the scene, which was only partially obscured by the clouds of smoke which the wind drove into the narrow streets. Immense masses of sparks rose from the burning heaps of sugar cane and fell like fiery snow on the roofs of the houses and on the rigging of the vessels at anchor in the roadsteads, at every moment threatening the town of Cap with as serious a conflagration as was already raging in its immediate neighborhood. It was a terrible sight to witness the terror-stricken inhabitants exposing their lives to preserve from so destructive a visitant their habitations, which perhaps was the last portion of property left to them. Whilst, on the other hand, the vessels, taking advantage of a fair wind and fearing the same fate, had already set sail and were gliding over an ocean reddened by the flames of the conflagration.' 